Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Career Talks. As always, I'm your host, Orlando Haynes, episode 41. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to figure out which episode we're on, but it doesn't matter because the guests are phenomenal. And that's what you come here tuning in each week for. So, uh, but before we get started, let me just say thank you to the episode sponsor, Agape Career Counseling Group, led by Deborah Russell. She also has a book out uh, that helps college kids as well figure out their path in their career. Uh, agapeccg.com. Check out the website. Uh, she's located here in the state of Florida, uh, but definitely appreciate your support. And we are going to move forward. So with that, uh, I have the amazing, talented Julia Rock. Uh, we've known each other for on LinkedIn and IG. We followed each other for a couple of years. And it's funny because this is the first time we just were speaking offline. Uh, that we met, I guess, virtually and in person all at the same time. So bad on us that we didn't uh, <laughs> connect earlier. So that's the shame on us. But I'm super excited because uh, she's a financial leader. And I, I can't wait till you, she tells you what she's currently doing. Uh, a career transition coach to athletes and student athletes. Uh, when I say athletes, pro athletes, that's super exciting to hear more about as well. She is the CEO of Career uh, Rock, a Rock Career Development. But for those that really follow her content, she has a crazy sneaker game. So let me bring on Miss Julia Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cracking up because you led with the with the sneakers. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Not too many people may know that. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's funny because when I I was I was uh, leading a, a session with college students last week, and you know, I started talking, and then I talked about my sneaker collection, and everybody started to turn on their cameras and pay a little bit more attention when I talked about my sneaker collection. So it definitely got gets people talking. That's hilarious. Yeah, I first noticed that uh, on IG. I was like, wait a minute, whoa, and then. <laughs> Whoa, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a fire right there. I was like, yeah, I like those. <laughs> oh, boy. So first and foremost, share with the folks more about Julia, your business and what you do. Yes. Awesome. And thank you so much, Orlando, for having me uh, on your podcast today. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Uh, but I'm Julia Rock, and I am the CEO of Rock Career Development. I'm a career transition coach for students and, and pro athletes, uh, basketball athletes specifically. Um I'm a corporate so so by day I do have a day job. I do work in corporate America. So shout out to those of us who still have nine to fives. Um, but you know, um, I my goal is to help athletes to uh, translate their existing skills from from their sport into high paying in demand careers. So um, I've been coaching. Prior to this, I was coaching corporate professionals for several years, kind of unofficially since 2006 and then more officially since 2013. Um, and then in 2021, I decided to shift to a to an underserved market, which is black and brown basketball athletes and helping them to um, successfully transition from sports into into new careers so that they don't feel lost, uh, you know, to get over that sense of of loss of identity and to find a new home that's still lucrative for them, uh, allows them to have a sense of purpose and allows them to, to, to leverage and, and learn new skills. Um, a, a little bit about me. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, so Brownsville. So anybody who's listened to any Biggie or Jay-Z song, I mean, Brownsville's probably mentioned at least once some gunshot situation. Uh, but um, and then now I currently live in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, so um, I've been living here since uh, the middle of 2021. So it's pretty exciting to live in a whole new country um, for, for a little bit. So so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. That, that's incredible. And it's, it's kind of uh, fitting for the topic, right? Uh, we're talking about making that career transition. So even though you didn't make a functional change in your role, you did change from the U.S. to uh, Argentina. So share with folks a little bit about that and how how your experience has been so far. Yeah, so when, when you're leaving kind of what you know and going into the unknown, um, it's, a, it's a scary experience, right? Because I've, you know, I've, I've traveled quite a bit for business, for personal, but I've never like lived. Well, I lived in Barbados when I was a kid, but in terms of living in another place as an adult, I've never done that um, in another country. And so it's a scary thing because you don't know what to expect. Uh, and so for me, this has been a journey of, 
of learning and accepting what's new and understanding that um, that what's here is not what you know what what my life used to be. Um, there's you know I've I've had to embrace new experiences, new ways of doing things. So there's no Walmart that I can just drive up the street to or Target or Kroger. You know it's like it's getting used to a new way of life, but it's helped me to grow and to get out of my comfort zone. I'm learning a new language. I'm meeting people of different walks of life and seeing how people in another part of the world live. Uh, and I think that translates so well to when it comes to making a career shift, because so often we try to hold on to the career we had and the glory days of what we had. I remember when I had this career and I was doing so forth. But the truth is, when you make that decision to shift, there's the excitement that comes with it. But you also have to be willing to let go of what was and be willing to embrace what's new um, and and kind of getting excited about the journey of going into the unknown and discovering more about yourself because that's the one thing I'll say I've done since I've been here is mm -hmm. discovering you know my own inner strengths and the things I can deal with when you're dealing in a place where you barely speak the language um, you know having to, to to find some resilience and so when it comes to switching in your career it's a very very similar experience that's a phenomenal transition because you definitely touched on the points of how living in a different country, finding basically finding your way, finding your footing all over again is the same for people changing careers. So um, in your practice, in your business now, and you, you talked about, um, you know, helping uh, African-American pro and student athletes, uh, do you help the, the normal job seeker as well? Or is it primarily just uh, athletes at this point? It's primarily athletes at this point. However, um, I still love professionals. So, so when I do have open slots or, or open opportunities, I still do help. Um, but it's primarily athletes because, you know, um, when I when I started as a career coach, there weren't that many career coaches that that looked like you and me. I mean, think mm -hmm. about, you know, 10 years ago. Right. Um, it was a very different landscape. And so I felt like, hey, I can make a difference to help level the playing field for, for professionals who look like me. But fast forward to 2021, I mean, there were so many of us, which I'm so glad for, because that means that people who look like us had a lot of choices when it came to people to go to. However, for, for athletes, when I did the research to look at some of these agencies that are um, you know, helping athletes, many of them didn't have people with this kind of skin. Mm -hmm. and, so, um, and so I said, in no tea, no shade, we want, you know, everybody should help. But it's like, I want to be able to kind of do what I did at the beginning when I started my coaching career, serving the community that that needs us um, and needs people who can relate to them. So um, so I still love my professionals help where I can, but I'm primarily focused on athletes. So that's that's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing. So let, let's talk about some of the things that you're seeing now when it comes to those folks, um, the athletes making the transition. Mm -hmm. What are some of the barriers they are initially facing that you're needing to educate them on? Um, so there are a couple of different barriers. So the first one, a lot of times is, is understanding that the skills that they've learned, um, on the court are, are translatable, are transferable to, um, to, to actual, you know, business fields and, and actual corporate positions. Um, and they don't realize kind of the, the depth of skills they have, because whether what, when you've been an athlete, you've, you've learned strategy, you've learned effective time management, um, you've learned um, how to work on a team. It's a lot of leadership, um, you know, being able to uh, prioritize well, coordinate certain things, um, you know, being coachable. Uh, so these are all things that are that are beneficial, but they don't necessarily, um, you know, think about that. And then sometimes they've had some informal experiences like, oh, I was helping my friend coach so and so team. And, you know, that and they think of it as a throwaway experience. It's like, no, no, that's that's actual experience that you can speak to. Um you know, and so sometimes it's helping them to see to see that piece of, hey, what you've done um, can be translated. But also it's about that mental that mental shift of understanding mm -hmm. that you are more than an athlete. Right. So, yes, just because you're you know, you're you're off the court and you, and you kind of retired or you graduated from your academic program, that doesn't mean that this is the end. Right. There's so much more for you to do. But in order for you to really get there, you've got to do the mental work first. 
Uh, and so that's why in the group coaching program that I'm launching for athletes, um, that's the very first piece is mental wellness and mindset and clarity, because that's the baseline. If you don't have that, all of the other steps and all the other coaching won't won't take hold. So let's let's break down the two different groups. One, you said you have pro and then student athletes. So for the student athletes, is this their first time having a corporate career? So is that something completely brand new to them navigating this space? So, so for most of them, yes. So, okay. so some who may have been fortunate to have a, a kind of in, internship or maybe mm -hmm. they helped out with somebody on the side during the off season or something like that. But for most of them, because their sport has been their life, whether it's practicing, it's, you know, and it's, it's playing during the summer or whatever the case is, um, this is the first experience that they're having. And for many of them, because of the, the academic programs they've had, there, there wasn't a focus on major selection. It was more mm. about just maintaining your eligibility and so forth and so on. Um, and so, you know, you're having those conversations about, well, how can I leverage this major now? And so that's why I'm seeking to get more into universities now is to help these students think about, don't just pick any major, pick something that will allow you to have options when you graduate. Um, something so that you don't necessarily have to go back to school or, and, and not to say anything's going wrong with going back to school, but you want to graduate with a degree that you can go and do something with, you know, if you no longer play. I mean, cause we all know that it's like 98 or 99% of, of the athletes, they don't, they don't ever make it to, to the pros. So, you know, so it's, most people are going to have to go and do something else. And so if you have the right kind of major and you've spent some time building a network, utilizing the services, at your university, kind of the career services and so on, you have a better opportunity to find, find roles once you graduate. But for many of these student athletes that I've talked to, no one was really reinforcing those messages to them around whether it was selecting the right major, how to utilize um, the resources at their school, how mm -hmm. to start building a network and being effective. For many of them, that, that's conversations they haven't had. And I was just about to go into that. So that's a great transition. Are you finding yourself kind of starting from, you know, ground level because they're not aware of the tools that are out there when it comes to certain platforms, resume, how to present all these things. It's just been, you know, practice, game, hanging out, sweats, chilling, <laughs> living their life as an athlete. I'm telling I mean, because because even when I think about, you know, so some of the pro athletes I've worked with, you know, mm -hmm. they they were they were student athletes and then they were fortunate enough to get into the NBA or something. And then they played overseas and so on. And then you're talking to them about resumes and they have no idea how to put one together. They have yeah. no idea of how to properly interview. And so and again, these are people who've had full careers now. Um, and so so even at the student level, if no one's talking to you about having to get a job outside of sports, you're very unlikely to go and spend any time in the, in the career services center. Cause for example, that's how I learned to get really good at resumes was I was in my career services center. You know, they knew me by my first name in there when I was in college, I was at every workshop, every mock interview, you know, every speech I was there, but it's, it's because I knew what I wanted. But if no one else is, is sharing that with you, you're not going to know that, Hey, I should probably go so I can learn how to put this resume together or how to prepare myself for for an interview um, or how to convey, you know, communicate my value in an interview. So um, so you find that that there's a lot of just basic things that you should be learning in your academic programs if people were willing to share that or paying attention. But like I said, many of them, the focus is just play your sport, play well, help us win games, help right. us win championships, maintain your grades enough. But it's really about about winning the games and, 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 and having the sports success. So what, what are some of the, the things that you're surprised by that the student athletes are, and then we'll move on to the pros for sure, because it's a different dynamic there, but um, that they're just so unaware of. Um, is it just, yeah, I'm, I'm not even thinking about a career. I'm just trying to finish school. Hopefully I make the pros. If I don't make the pros, then I'll get my degree. But they're not really focused. Is it those first conversations that you're, you're partnering with the career services department to like all these kids even thinking about a specific career in sales and engineering and marketing or whatever? Yeah. So, so most of my work now is individual with, with, with student athletes. Um, um, but, but, you know, the conversations that I've had, it's, it's, I think that there's been some, you know, there's a lot of the messaging about, you know, I can make it to, mm -hmm. to the pros. Right. And so the question is, well, well, okay, but 
suppose you don't, right? So, right. so what, what's, what's the, what's the option there? And so I think, you know, even though I think people hear about the statistics about how many people don't go pro, I think everyone thinks it's like, but, but, you know, but I can be the one, because especially if you're mm -hmm. coming from a family or so forth, where people think that, well, you've got the skills that you can make it, you're going to break through and you're getting that kind of wind, you know, on, you know, in your sales. Um, so, so I, I don't think that for some of them that they're thinking through, um, the fact of, hey, I've got to have a game plan. Um, and then for others, I think it's also the idea of, of, of knowing knowing where to start with this process, right? Because, you know, if you've got, if you're playing the games, if you're, if you're practicing and so forth, when do you have the time? And that's one of the conversations I've had um, with a couple of different athletes is, when do I have the time to do all of this? And so it's trying to, to, to help them to, to, to think through what can you prioritize? Because, you may not feel like you have the time, but 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 you've got to figure out, well, how do you make the time so that you can have the right landing when you graduate? So what is it that you need to do? Um, what is it that you need to do, whether it's in the summer or, you know, you know, what is it that you can cut back on in order to make to carve out at least some time to to dedicate to your future? Because you can you can go pro, but God forbid you get injured. You're still in and, and, you're, and you don't have like a, a LeBron or Steph Curry contract, you know, you know, what are you going to do? Because you may, you're still going to need income. So no matter whether you go pro or not, you still need a game plan. So how do you carve out the time to dedicate to, to your future? For, for the students that are a little more astute about, you know, having a career kind of came to the realization that, hey, pro is, is not my path. Um, are there some unrealistic expectations once post you know, graduation on market, potential income, success rate, maybe they had a successful college career. Are there some unrealistic expectation type conversations you're having with them where you have to level set because you're on the front lines doing this day in and day out? So, so, so I think it's, I think rather than unrealistic expectations, it's more like setting expectations of, because for many of them, they just don't know what's out there. You know, I mean, obviously you've got everybody saying, oh, well, everybody's going to get six figures in tech and, you know, and that's, and, and that's kind of the, the, all the rage now. But I think it's for, for most folks, it's about setting the overall expectations to say, you know, this is what you're going to experience because you have to think that many of these uh, you know, athletes who are at the student level, um, you know, they may have never um, looked at look at the, looked at the market or look what salaries are offered or looked at what kind of jobs are out there. They may know that they need to have a game plan, but it's like, have they done any of the research or do they even know? And so I think it's more so about setting the, the baseline expectations of this is what it's going to be like when you get when you get out there. This is what to expect, um, because I don't think they have any expect at least the ones that I've talked to so I can't speak for everyone I just feel like it's more so setting expectations to begin with rather than changing some some unforeseen perception so now when it comes to the pros let's let's get to the the pro players that are playing overseas NBA etc um, what's that like where if they had some level of success um, and now the realization is hey I got to get a nine to five for whatever reason like because that's a completely different mindset at that point right they're confident they they executed they've done this but now it's like wait a minute whoa i gotta put on a suit and tie or whatever every day and kind of not necessarily be my own boss but uh really step into a nine to five with a lot more you know structured environment Yes. Yeah, so, so in, in the pro conversations, I, I think it's more so that the mindset work is even is even tougher here. Right. Because to your point, they've had some level of success. Um, you know, some of them and, and student athletes also go through depression and other things as well, um, for sure. But for and for a lot of this, but a lot of the, the pro athletes, they go through whether it's depression, it's the sense of loss and all of those things. And so it's that mental health work that's up front to say, yes, this has defined your career for 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 years, but you know, now you still have to move forward. And it's also important for them to leverage. And we talk about who do you have in your circle that can help to support you, right? So before we even get to, let's get the nuts and bolts of a career strategy and so on, you know, we spend a lot more time up front around, well, who's in your circle? Who's influencing you? Who can support you through this transition, whether it's that you have to go and get 
true mental health support or do you have the right kind of support system around you um, to figure out, you know, okay, so how can I mentally let go of, let go of that past? Um, because, you know, I've had some who have, I've had some, some clients who have been active and ready to do it. And they're excited, you know, because they maybe may have been kind of already winding down, but then you have the others who are still kind of hanging on to that mm -hmm. past. And it's like, okay, well, well, how do we start thinking about what else do you love, right? So, because it's easy to say, all I've done is play sports. That's all I am. That's all I know. But the truth is, you know, people have relied on you for other things. You've helped them with other things, you know, when you're off the court, whether it's family, friends, you know, church members, whatever it might be, you may have have helped people with other things. There are things that you've done in your free time, even if it's scrolling social media, there are things that you've paid attention to. So starting to dig into what else do you love? What else can energize you? What else can motivate you? And, and that's a tough conversation sometimes because they keep going back to the sport, but it's like, well, let's think outside of those times when you're on the court, those times when you're practicing, what else have you done in your free time? What have people come to you for? What have you been seen as a resource for? Because that helps them to see their value beyond just being an athlete. Um, and then you can start to have some more productive conversations around, let's think about purpose and next steps and so on. But it's really trying to separate them from saying, you're not just an athlete. Yes, it's all what you've done, but we've got to separate that a little bit and see what other sides there are to you to start to explore. Do you find yourself setting expectations differently for them because of the, the level of success they would have had? And part two to that from a, I would think what's pretty relevant is an income, right? Um, what's the earning potential for me coming out, going now into corporate America? Is it in line with what I was making here, et cetera, et cetera? So, so the T is a lot of the overseas contracts and things are not paying tons and tons and tons of money. There's some mm -hmm. people who have done well, but for, for many folks who have, maybe they played in the NBA and then they went overseas, the kinds of incomes that they were making were, you know, were okay, but, but, you know, many of them are in line with, with corporate salaries. Yeah. So, so the discussion that you have, especially for folks who are playing overseas is that, Hey, if this is kind of what you were making and you're going into an entry level position or, or what have you, this is what you can expect to earn. However, but what you do then talk about is the career growth and the career trajectory, um, especially for people who like athletes who are coachable and they're willing to learn, they're fast learners, they're willing to put in the effort to get up the, to get up the ladder. You know, you're able to, to, to communicate to them, hey, that this is, you know, you have the opportunity to grow and, and increase your earning potential. So don't, even if this is where you're starting, you can still build from there. Um, so, so, I, so I think that there's this misconception that a lot of these athletes are rolling in, in the dough and they've got these super lucrative contracts. But for the people who are coming to me who need services, it's not those people. It's the ones who have had, you know, okay success potentially. You know, they had okay careers, but they weren't earning at such a level where corporate salaries are um, – are, would be foreign to them in terms of the dollar amount. It's mm -hmm. more so about the environment and shifting kind of the work that they're doing rather than, than the money, especially when you're able to show them the kind of earning potential. I've been able to talk about my own salary growth in my own career. Um, and, you know, and I started my career, you know, a decade and change ago, what could they accomplish now? So, you know, the money conversation is one thing, but it's really about the actual shift in the environment and what that's going to look like for them going forward. Got it. So earlier you mentioned uh, some of the things that change in that transition is the language, right? The language absolutely changes coming from the sports world to the corporate world. Talk to us walking them through, you know, how to sell themselves, um, understanding a job description. Think some of the fundamental things that you would think they would know, but obviously because if they're not in that world, re reverse it. If we go into the sports world, they're like, what? What's I'm not understanding. Here's my playbook. I don't get it. <laughs> so share with us some of those dynamics in the conversations there. Yeah, because thinking about when, when you're when you're an athlete, right, your, your, your play speaks for itself. Right. So if you're being interviewed or someone's talking to you, it's typically because they've got some background on you, whether they know your stats or they've seen you play or something like that. So in a lot of cases, you don't have to actively communicate your value and sell yourself and, you know, kind of 
condense that into a way that will attract someone. And so what I've had to do is try to help them pull together their experience in a way and say, how can you communicate effectively communicate your value that will get someone interested to say, hey, we want to hire you. Typically, if you've got a scout or someone looking at you, it's because they already have an idea that you can play. They already know, maybe they've heard and so forth. They're coming to watch you. But if you're just coming in cold, or even if you got a referral, but the person knows nothing about you, you've now got to articulate from whether it's from your resume or your LinkedIn or whatever, you've got to articulate why you're the point person. And so I help them to craft some of their key messages. Um, so what is that one thing that you want someone to walk away from this discussion with you with? What's that number one signature message? Um, and so we start there. And so it helps them to kind of think about, okay, well, if I'm going after this job, what do I want them to think? Or what do I want them to know? Um, and then we start to think about if you don't have any prior experience, how does your sports experience help to support that singular message that you want to get across? So whether it's that you had the right type of leadership, whether it's that you had the opportunity to coach and that you were able to coordinate certain things, how do all your different experiences and the skills that you, you gain in those experiences, how do they feed that those singular messages? And so then what also happens is that we will go through some, some different um, examples sometimes um you know whether they have the homework and they can come back and say okay well how did you put this together how did the messages come together and, and, and we may do some um some some mock discussions to kind of hear okay how is this coming out or how would you tailor this message differently to make it more impactful so it's really about creating those key themes because if they've never been in an environment to to have to communicate their values like well what do i even say and so we think about what is the one message that would attract someone to say, okay, this is somebody I really want to think about hiring. And that's the hook. And then you think about what are the items that support that key message and, and demonstrate some more examples. Love that. Two, two questions. I'll start with the uh, one is, are you getting any feedback from when they go out in the interview, right? Didn't get the job and they're, they're getting feedback from the employer saying, Hey, um, Maybe because there, there's a little bias in there because they're athletes and not, you know, um, corporate employees or don't have that background. One, like, are you getting feedback from them saying, hey, this is what they shared with me that I need to, you know, improve on? And two, uh, let's, let's start there. Then I'll, I'll circle back on the second one. Yeah. So, so some of the conversations are just more so around, you know, that. I guess, I don't know if bias is the right word, but the fact mm -hmm. is for some people, they just feel like, hey, you don't you don't have you don't have corporate experience. And so that's, that's not what we're looking for. And so what I tell them is there's, you know, at some point you've got to start somewhere. So the idea that, you, that you're going to walk into a, to a job that asks for no experience with experience doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and so what, what we, we talk about is trying to find opportunities, whether it's with companies that, um, that, that are actively seeking athletes because there are companies out there who say that, hey, we like hiring athletes for whatever the reason might be. Um, and so it's, or is it like, okay, do we find a segue in the sports space? So maybe it's that, whether it's that they start to do some sort of coaching, is there an analyst type of role in the, in the sports space that they could then, um, then, you know, pivot into something else. So it really just depends on what their interest it, interests are. But, you know, if they're getting that kind of feedback, it's like, okay, well, how do we find you an environment that's op that's more open to hiring people from, you know, uh, untraditional, unconventional backgrounds, uh, people who have sports backgrounds. So they're not just looking for this kind of cookie cutter, you know, one size fits all uh, background. At, at what stage are you catching the student athletes? Is it in their senior year? Um, post, you know, graduating um, junior year and what's your what's your plan going forward for that? So so most of the athletes that I'm getting now are either um, in their in, either in their senior or student athletes are either in their senior year or they've already already graduated. Uh, and so what I'm seeking to do is hopefully get in um, a lot earlier with because I want to be able to speak to more, you know, freshmen and the goal would be to get to high school students. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but but but, you know, I want to at least get to students who are earlier in their academic career, earlier in their academic programs where they have an opportunity to um, to whether it's learn more from their career services center, potentially have an internship if they can squeeze it into their playing schedule, um, you know, begin to build a network sooner so that they're not trying to do all the things 
things when they're also trying to when they're also trying to graduate. So uh, so that's my plan going forward is seeing how I can get um, get into working with student athletes uh, earlier in their career. So in, in terms of your program and if you can share a little bit of what you're about to launch, uh, just to, you know, what the appetite of folks who are like, oh, wow, yes, my so my daughter, my son, you know, they would definitely need to be in this program. Uh, share with us a little bit of the things that you're, you're starting to develop and launch. Yeah. So so the program is is uh, is really trying to 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 kind of be a soup to nuts experience from a from a career career strategy standpoint. So starting with um, it's starting with the mindset and mental wellness and, and career clarity. Um, and it's going to go through all the kind of key stages, whether it's job search strategy, interviewing, networking, personal branding, salary negotiation. And there's going to be modules assigned to each of them uh, so that, you know, as as the athlete goes through the different modules that they're able to the content builds on itself. But they have the opportunity to hone in on a particular topic area if they need to. Um, and then at the end, you know, the, the, the final modules include financial literacy as well as um, crushing your first 90 days at work uh, and so forth. Because even if you get the job, you still need to know, well, how do I go in and, and, and actually, you know, function in a professional environment if I've never done that? Uh, and so the goal is to provide a well-rounded, robust program because you know, I don't want it to be that, okay, well, now I've got my mindset clear and I need to find a job and, and now what do I do? Um, or that we haven't done the mindset work and I'm just trying to get you a resume or trying to help you prep for interviews. It's how do we create a holistic experience for the athletes so that they, they're confident about getting into their job search. They have the tools and the strategies to, uh, to effectively execute the job search. And then once they get the job, they know how to confidently perform at work. Got it. Love it. So do you have a current mix of both male and female athletes, student athletes? Uh, so 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 right now, the majority of my um, my clients are male, but I have had uh, female and, and, and male uh, clients. But mo right now, the, 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 the folks I'm dealing with are all male. Got it. And I'm a pivot just a bit. So for the okay. folks that are watching and will catch the replay that are not athletes. Right. And they're just like, well, Julia is still saying all the right things that I think is going to help me transition. Share um, a little bit about those tools and techniques that you're using for the corporate person and how making yeah. their transition. Yeah. So, so the thing is for a lot of the folks who have corporate experience, they don't realize that, um, that even if you've been in a different field, um, there's a lot of uh, key skills that are transferable, like we talked about earlier. So, um, and then not every career change is is, is super transformational, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so if you've been in project management in healthcare, and now you're going into project management, um, you know, in you know for for, for marketing agencies or, or what have you, there's still some there's fundamental project management skills that are that are there that you can leverage. Uh, and so what, what I find I have to spend more time on is, is helping them to articulate, okay, so how did my prior experience, um, you know, how does that kind of already equate to this? So it's not even that you have to even oversell it. It's that you already have this experience. You just have to paint it in the picture of the new environment and how that skill can then um, help you in, the, in this new space. And then it's also the language because what will happen is that when they're putting together their resume, or their LinkedIn, they're relying or, or focusing so much on their history and, and what they did, but it's not thinking ahead with, well, what is the job that you're going into now? So yes, right. you had all these results, but how does that become relevant for where you want to go, your future role? And so it's spending a lot of time on tailoring the messaging um, and then understanding kind of what else is in the market and what, what these companies are looking for. So are you looking at a number of different job descriptions? Are you seeing key themes and the kinds of skills and experiences that they want people, they want from people who are going into the kind of role? Um, and so it's taking that time to, to build that message, build that language, tailor their, their documents, um, and then have the confidence to speak to their prior uh, corporate experience in, in, in the new environment. Got it, got it. And let me jump back to, this, uh, to the sports world with you. Um, can you share or any successes that you've had with clients or some that are close to, you know, making that transition into the corporate world for the first time? 
Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so, um, so I've had clients who have, who, who they decided that they wanted to, um, to, to stay in sports. And so they've decided to, um, they've decided to go into coaching, for example. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And then we have some folks who have gone into the marketing space. Um, you know, some of them have, you know, they were able to get whether it's an additional certification because they thought it was, they thought it was helpful for them, but it was really helping them to understand, okay, well, how do the skills that you have right now, how would that translate into the marketing space? And then what and, and, and we also were able to pinpoint some of the personal interests that 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 she was working on, um, you know, outside of sports that was helping to kind of feed that creative uh, engine. And so how did we tailor and then we were able to tailor that messaging around uh, her creative skills and what she was already doing and and couple that with the, the additional certification that she got, for example, and then was able to go in um, and be able to sell that as a package. Like, OK, I have this prior experience from my sport. Here are the creative things I was doing on the side. Um, and then, you know, I have this additional certification that's that's valuable and then was able to sell that to to an organization. So um, so so I'm excited excited to see people who go into corporate, but then also for folks who've been able to stay in sports, because even though they're not on the court, they're still able to, to help players develop and so forth. So they kind of maintain that, that piece of, of mm -hmm. their glory days, but, but, but helping other, helping other players. So I've been able to see both sides. That's good. I mean, that's a, it's still a real transition because they're now, I guess you would consider back office in the coaching space, having those discussions, strategizing, right? Thinking long-term, building the team. How do we get from, from here to the championship? Who are the key players? So it's a lot different thought process, I would think, um, than just being a player, staying healthy and things like that. So um, <clears throat> when it comes to your overall vision, as you're building this program out, um, what's your vision on the impact you're trying to have on athletes making that transition? Yeah, so this is something I've thought about quite a bit. Um, you know, um, my goal is to have, you know, kind of for the program, I wanted to have 100 people, 100 athletes who go through my program. So that's kind of the first impact that I want to have. But I think about it more broadly is, is partnering. The ultimate goal will be to partner with many of the sports associations and the universities and so forth to take this message, take the program into in, into those um, areas. So and, and, and so that they can um, kind of see at the root why this is necessary. And while they're developing players and while they're helping them to play at their best at the time, that this is an active ongoing conversation because that way I can have an even broader impact on athletes because they're already part of these organizations or they're already at these universities rather than trying to get them into a separate program. So it's really my goal is to see those partnerships because then I can impact thousands and thousands of athletes through these partnerships. So that's, that's, that's the vision I have is that the goal is that my program is called Ball to boardroom that Ooh, that that like so so um so all so so universities around the globe sports leagues around the globe they they've tapped into the program and they um and they're leveraging the curriculum to help athletes understand okay hey we're going to coach you for success for your sport but hey these are the tools that you need to be successful you know should you should you ever pivot out um from playing on on, on the court love that name love that name that's Thank that's you. huge that's huge. So when it comes to, and I had the question right on at the top, where did your love for this come from? Were you a prior athlete? Yeah. So, so I get that question all the time. And the truth is I, I have no athletic ability at all. The, the closest I come to is I tell people I work out six days a week. So I'm a fitness junkie, but I have no athletic ability. Um, it's the, the funny thing is, um, it, it sparked because I actually was coaching a professional client and her brother was a pro athlete. Um, and she asked for my help with, with helping, um, helping him to coaching him to hopefully get a job. Uh, and I had never coached an athlete before. And I was like, well, all right, let's, 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 let's roll the dice. Um, and, and so, um, so we were able to, to, to work together and so forth. And so he's one who got a, who got a coaching opportunity. Um, and, and so as a result of that, you know, for me, I said, this is great. I love this. But then I also had the spark of, wait, he's not the only one. So gotta be plenty more like him and so that's where it kind of just sparked from and basketball is my favorite sport I grew up watching it 
Um, I was a Bulls fan as a kid and so forth, Michael Jordan and so on. So um, as I was thinking about niching down, I was like, well, what's the sport that that um, that I want to, you know, that I, that I think I could connect to and relate to players um, because I can actually speak the language that I understand the sport. Uh, and so so that's really where it sparked from. It's like I said, I don't have any prior prior background, but I also just saw that this was a community or or population that needed these kinds of services um, from people who look like them. Uh, and so that's really where it came from. But yeah, no, no sports ability whatsoever. Nothing. <laughs> love it, love it. So are you sticking to basketball or will you spread out to, you know, boxing, MMA, baseball, volleyball? Yes. So my plan is to, is, is to, is to service, uh, you know, all sports at some point, but, but, you know, they always say you got to start somewhere and then expand. Right. And so, so my goal is that, that I would have an organization that no matter what sport you're coming from, if you're looking to transition, um, that, that, that we can serve you and to help you successfully make that transition to, to a new career where you can still, where you can find your purpose and find a career that's lucrative and will allow you to feel fulfilled and rewarded. Um, and so, yeah, so that's the goal. Um, that's the long-term vision is, is to hopefully help uh, athletes of all sports. Something tell me, something tells me that, uh, in your contracts, you're going to propose some type of sneaker, uh, deal. <laughs> so, she may have so, her own sneaker deal coming in a couple of years. So listen, the goal is to have a deal with LeBron James and Nike. Like that's that's the goal right. that I'm trying, lifetime to, deal. trying to do. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Because I'm like an NBA Nike because you could do the sneaker thing and the sports thing. I'm telling you. So so I've got a whole vision for it. I, I tweeted it into existence when, <laughs> when Twitter had the whole hashtag thing. So that's so that's what I'm uh, what I'm what I'm uh, what I'm crossing my fingers for and working towards. So where, where did your love for, for sneakers uh, come into play? Is it just from watching basketball? So, so the funny thing is, um, so my brother, uh, you know, he, you know, once he was able to, to get a job, he was able to buy more cool sneakers. And I remember mm -hmm. putting my foot in my brother's sneakers because I wanted to look cool. And my brother has like a size 11 or 12 foot. And then, you know, my little feet as a kid, you know, trying to put and walking around. And I just thought that they were cool. And then my sister got LA gears, you know, the light up on the bottom that I thought were like the coolest thing. Um, and so, so, so it started at a, at an early age, kind of watching my brother and sister. Um, and then, you know, for a long time, I was just too poor to, 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 buy, to buy, to buy sneakers, you know, I would see what my friends had and then, you know, um, and then in, in, the, in the past several years or so, I kind of have gone back and made up for all the years that I, that I didn't collect and I, and I couldn't afford sneakers. I've kind of gone all the other way on this, on the spectrum now and, and building a huge collection. So. So are you starting just with, um, back to your, your, your kind of business focus, are you starting with, um, U.S. athletes and then again, hope to expand it to some international yeah, so 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 the majority of my clients right now, yes, they're so they're U.S. based, um, and so the goal would be, especially for folks who are overseas coming back, is to providing them with with some with some support. Um, and so, you know, I'm connected with with a couple of folks in Europe right now, but the majority of my folks are are in the U.S. But the goal would be, you know, if they're overseas playing in Japan or China or you know in Germany or in France or something, you know, that that I can provide them with support as well. Because, like I said, some of those contracts are okay, but again, you know, when you're playing overseas, typically your your career starts to shorten, right, um, after a certain period of time. And so, how can I help them as they're thinking about, okay, I probably only got a couple years left. What am I going to do when I get back? Because even if you, even if they don't want to 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 uh, get a job, even if they want to start a business, that's a conversation right. that I'm able to have with them. Because let's say you were able to save, you may still not know how do I approach starting a business. You know, whether it's putting together a business plan, have you tested the business idea? You know, what's the concept? You know, have you thought it all the way through? Those are still conversations I can have with them. Um, what's your why for starting a business? You know, every just because you want to start a business doesn't mean you should. It's like, well, well, why? What 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 problem do you plan to solve in the world? What impact do you plan to create? You know, what's what's the point of it? Um, and helping them to take to have those kinds of uh, self reflections uh, is also important.
Well, Julie, I'm absolutely believing that from ball to ballroom would have contracts with the NBA, NHL, Come on, <laughs> speaking the, the, yes. the official Olympic sponsor, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that is an awesome idea. It is such a niche. Um, and you hear it all the time that athletes who, you know, go financially um, broke after three years of exiting, you know, their pro uh, their pro career. And then from the student athletes that some, I don't know the numbers, you would, you know, more so than I, the, just the statistics on how many really think they're going to go pro and don't think next steps. Like, Hey, we, it's, it's great. If you're good, still, you get the money influx, but still, if it doesn't go, what are you focused on next? How are you going to provide? How are you going to live? Right. Cause you know, is that, I don't know if that rule got in place yet where, you know, College athletes can uh, can get paid now, but well, well yeah. So, so they have the NHL, the NIL, excuse me, the NIL. Mm -hmm. um, you know that 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 has passed, and so so you know um, athletes can can get brand deals and so forth now. Nice. So they're able to 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 make some money from from their name, image, likeness, and so forth. So uh, that you know, so so they're getting brand sponsorships and other things like that. Um, but 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 again, the question is, you know. Um, making sure, because if that's something that someone wants to do, you still have to think that through, right? Because you want to make sure that you're not getting got by a particular brand, you know, or, or being exploited or taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are still things that, you know, that, and so I offer right now, I offer kind of um one-on-one -on -one coaching session. So that's someone that's something that someone can bring to me at a coaching session to say, Hey, maybe I'm not going for a nine to five, but you know, if I'm choosing to do brands right now, before I graduate, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, you know, what are your thoughts on X, Y, and Z? And that's something we can also discuss. I, I just, I see so, so much opportunity um, in what you're doing. I love that you're doing it even with, and, and, and again, whether you choose to or not to like even partner with, you know, sports agents at some, some that are welcoming, like, Hey, yes, if I can bring my star client or my clients more upside in their development, you know, post career, um, that, that can be huge. Like Absolutely. huge. Absolutely. Huge. Yeah. Tremendous um, growth for you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited about the future. I'm, I'm really excited about the future because I feel like these are conversations that, that we need to have, um, because the potential is endless for so many of these athletes. And I think there's just such, such a focus on, is this the end for them? And it's like, mm -hmm. no, you've had one chapter of your life and now we're moving on to the next one. And there's so much that you can do. And I think that even for the sports agencies or, or the sports associations or for the universities, this is still just a benefit for them because thinking that, you know, for a university, if you're offering this kind of tailored program, you know, some athletes may be more attracted to, to come to your school because it's like, hey, just in case it doesn't work out, I know that I've got some hand-holding, I've got resources available, and it's not just the, the, you know, career services center that's for everybody that's overwhelmed. Like, this is something specifically for me as an athlete to help mm -hmm. shepherd me, you know, through my journey as I, as I transition. You know, that can be something that's attractive, um, you know, to, to to folks who are joining um, a particular university. So, and is this going to be under the umbrella of uh, Rock Career Development or on its own ball or ball so, to so, boardroom? So, so, so Rock Career Development um, is, will, will, will still be the parent company, and Ball to Boardroom is, is, a, is, a, is a track or, or a program that, that we offer. Okay. Um, and, and, and then, you know, the goal would be if we decided to make, make it more of a suite of items. So we have the program, and then if we want to build additional resources, additional trainings, and so forth, that it's all under, it's all under the Ball to Boardroom kind of scope. Um, because I, I feel like that's what resonates when, when, you know, when you're having conversations is like, okay, I like the idea of Ball to Boardroom room and so forth so we can we can create kind of the packaging underneath that yeah the the brand could that's like that's crazy that that brand <laughs> i can't even talk the brand that you can build behind just that title it is so catchy uh and so attractive um it just sounds like success all the way through uh, regardless of where someone is like yes i had a great career in college or post-college overseas whatever but now I'm looking to become the next Magic Johnson type, you know, <clears throat> individual. So that's that's good. I wish and, you tremendous success in that. And, and here's yeah. what we did. Yeah. We put ball to boardroom because it's like just in case we expand to football, baseball, <laughs> soccer, technically it's all ball. So it's all ball. 
Volleyball, <laughs> yeah. Softball. Volleyball, don't softball. Kickball. <laughs> we out here. <laughs> no ping pong. But it's still a ball in the game. Yeah, if there's a exactly, ball in the game, exactly. Julia Rock will execute. I, I love it. I love it. So we are running out of time. This is uh, an incredible conversation. I just can't wait to see how uh, that platform grows for you and program. So share with folks where they can find you, catch up to you, see your sneaker collection, etc. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm pretty consistent on social media. I'm at the Julia rock on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is where you're going to see all my sneakers and my fitness reels. Um, and then on Twitter is where I just, uh, where I continue to talk about career transitions and I give career advice. Um, and then I also have the business page at rock career on Twitter and on, on Instagram. So happy to connect with you guys. And also here on LinkedIn, you can look for me, Julia rock. I, I there's a couple of, of them, but I think I'm the only one who looks like me. So, you know, please feel free to, to connect with me uh, here on LinkedIn as well. There's only one Julia Rock. That's yeah, just one. <laughs> just just one. one. <laughs> Final question for you is, do you have a daily mantra that gets you going each day? Um, so when, when I was moving from, um, when I graduated from grad school um, and, and I was moving to Houston, um, I remember being petrified because I was just like, man, I may fall flat on my face. And I don't know why I was just kind of in, in, you know, just in my head. And my sister, she 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 told me, she's like, Julia, you are the strongest person I know. You're going to be fine. And I rely on that every single day that my sister, who's older than me, five years older than me, told me that I'm the strongest person she knows. And I and I pull on that every single day. Love it. Love it. And we will close it out. No better than that. Stay tuned, folks, for next week. But hold on, Julie. I'm going to close this out and we'll chat for a second or two behind the scenes. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you.